0: It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
1: Ocean Breeze, Tropical Beach, Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing.
2: this is access atlanta every week we share some of the best places to eat play and live out loud in the atl and of course we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show atlanta is one of a kind welcome to access atlanta i'm your host shane harrison Early on October 16th, 2,000 runners will file onto the cleared 5th runway at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport to relaunch the mayor's 5K on the 5th runway. The six-year-old event was canceled last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The airport calls it one of the flattest and fastest courses in metro Atlanta. As an AJC Peachtree Road Race qualifying event, it offers the opportunity for runners to score a good time which allows them to be placed in an earlier starting way for the Peach Tree and push for a personal best. Kelly Amanucci, who covers Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport for the AJC, recently spoke with John Murphy, who works in airside operations and is handling preparations for the event, and longtime runner and frequent flyer Mark Davison, who will be running the 5K on the 5th runway. Welcome, Kelly.
3: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
2: So uh, this sounds like a really fascinating event. It takes people somewhere where uh, very few people go outside of being in a metal tube.
3: Absolutely. Um, It's a really interesting experience being out on the airfield. Um, Because I cover the airport, I've stood out on the airfield and on the runway in the early morning hours. And I'm always struck by how oddly beautiful it is. It's almost like being in the great outdoors because it's such a huge expanse of land with an amazing view as the sun rises. And it's really an unusual experience.
2: Right. And this will be taking place very early in the day, right?
3: Yes, um, the, uh, the race starts before sunrise, and, um, and it actually uh, is mostly complete before the, the sun is fully risen, so uh, it starts off in the dark.
2: Right, So, but, but I mean, I guess the, the airport is a 24-hour operation, so uh, there will be things going on, I would imagine, in other parts of the airport.
3: Oh, absolutely. There will be planes taking off from other runways during the race. Uh, Early morning hours are, um, you know, one of the peak times for departures. And so um, it absolutely is a 24 hour operation. The overnight hours have cargo flights and then the passenger flights uh, really start pretty early in the morning.
2: Yeah. So it, you, you talked with uh, John Murphy, who uh, helps organize these things. I, I, I guess it's probably a, a pretty uh, intense thing to have to organize
4: all of that.
3: Indeed. Um, The preparations start the night before um, because that's when they start the process of shutting down the flights on the fifth runway in preparation for the race. And so, you know, there's kind of a whole team of people who are working for hours um, in the overnight period to prepare for the race. And um, it's really a, a pretty big endeavor
2: cool well is there anything else we should know before we hear uh from uh john murphy and mark davison about uh the 5k on the fifth runway
3: no i think it was a really interesting conversation with both of them and i'm really excited for people to kind of get an inside look
2: awesome well thanks for bringing this to us thank you all right let's hear from john murphy at hartsfield jackson and runner mark davison
3: John, uh, I guess first off, I was wondering if you could just tell me what your title is and how long you've been at the airport and what your what your job involves normally.
0: Sure, my title is technically a certification team lead. I work in Airside Operations Group in the Department of Aviation, and I've been with the airport here since 2013. Before that, I was in Southern California doing airports and flying there uh, for about 10 years. But Atlanta's my home, so I came back here.
3: So um, what does your job normally involve?
0: So normally, uh, the airside group as a whole, we're concerned with the airfield. That's the taxiways and runways, not to be confused with the normal passenger area on the concourse. So for example, if you're ever flying out through Atlanta and you are going up for departure and you see white cars with flashing lights out there on the airfield, that's us. Uh, all day, all night, every day. Uh, we're out there taking care of the airfield, making sure that things are in compliance. And that's that's kind of my job as a CERT team lead. There's something called Part 139, uh, which is a set of FAA standards. It applies to all commercial airports in the US. And it's a, a very rigorous set of safety standards, which we have to ensure compliance with. Now, that goes down to how tall the grass can be, how reflective the paint is, how bright the lights can be, how wide a marking can be. and any of our significant amount of construction activity. And that's that's all to make sure that it's part of what we do to make it so safe to fly in the US.
3: Great. Um, so tell me about what it takes uh, for the airport to prepare for the 5K on the Fifth Runway.
0: So this is something, um, this is the sixth year that I've done it uh, since we have started it in 2015, I believe. And what I can really say is lots of coordination In cooperation. It's not just uh, we close the runway, put 2000 people on it and open it back up. There are so many moving parts that have to be uh, put together to get these 2000 people from the public out onto an area that is normally no one is allowed out there. No pedestrians or vehicles unless specifically authorized and have clearance from tower and a big part of this event. The reason we do it so early uh, is because Within 30 minutes of the last person finishing, that runway, runway 1028, uh, is open and being used by 747s, cargo, passenger flights, everything. It it does not stop. And at the same time as the event, our other four runways are fully in use.
3: So how soon does the preparation start or how early does the preparation start for the race?
0: As early as possible. We like about... uh, four, five, or six months. Of course, we don't always know that we're gonna be able to do it or that the mayor's gonna be able to schedule it at a certain time. So it's something we're very used to being is flexible. These things change constantly with the weather, schedules, construction and everything, but it does certainly take some time to get everything together just for a short little one and a half hour event, one hour almost just out in the airfield.
3: How many different uh, agencies and people is it that you have to coordinate with to get prepared?
0: Uh, it's airside, that's ourselves, land side, because that's to us is anything outside of the fence. Uh, that's the public roads. We have Atlanta police, public affairs, communications, emergency management, uh, airport rescue, firefighting. This is just a few. I mean, marketing anyone who's going to touch any aspect of the event needs to have some dedicated representation.
3: What is um, uh, airport? rescue and fire uh, needed to coordinate with?
0: So, um, any day of the week, anytime we have flights, which is always, uh, they are federally mandated to be able to respond with it, to an incident within three minutes, which is very quick on such a large airfield, but that is our mandate. We test that regularly. So even though we're having this event, uh, we still have to be able to do that and be able to do it right after the event. That's, um, they're also, involved in the race itself, because as part of Atlanta Fire Rescue, they have paramedics, ambulances, and some of the paramedics actually ride their bikes, uh, part of the bike team, along with the runners kind of dispersed throughout to provide anybody with the assistance that they might need. And with 2000 people, that's always a possibility. It's worked out really well for us in the past years.
3: And 2000 people is that The number of runners, or are there other personnel that you're counting in that? That is
0: the number of runners. That is 2,000, not including everyone that it takes uh, to put this on, which I'd say is at least 200. That's about 80 DOA personnel directly or indirectly involved, um, well over 100 volunteers, which is a really big part of it. We could not do it without it. I mean, physically could not do it. Uh, So 2,000 runners is the maximum number of participants that that we had to set it at. Actually, I think we could get a lot more signed up. But that is just so many people out on the airfield, the runway. It's dark. It's going to be dark, especially this time of year being so early. And this is an active airfield. Um, Controlling that many people for that period of time over that great of a distance is, is challenging.
1: How do you,
3: I guess, set a perimeter to ensure that people stay in the area of the fifth runway and, and don't kind of escape and you know go farther out on the airfield
0: well it helps us that the airfield is is naturally laid out in a certain way uh, something we call uh, safety areas which are for aircraft but they also make a nice flat visible protected surface for anybody else out there vehicles or pedestrians uh, also will be within the fence so Coming in, going out is largely difficult, uh, and we have a lot of those volunteers stationed along the race route, plus a bunch of us in airside, all these other groups, to keep an eye on the runners, as well as a number of light plants out there to help illuminate things. We have airfield lighting, but it actually has to be off so that uh, pilots don't confuse it for an open runway. And something we really like this year, they're also giving out LED lighted armbands or wristbands, which help to identify everyone, also makes a pretty good souvenir, but those are are really beneficial to us. Plus, we have DOA security out there and we do a very thorough sweep after the last runner is off of the entire area, which is about one square kilometer uh, of, of distance, and we have not had a problem with it in the last five years.
3: What time does the last runner uh, uh, get off the runway?
0: We like to have them off of the runway taxiway by no later than 7.30. I mean, we're breaking this thing down right behind the last runner, uh, taking the light plants, all the other equipment. Uh, We're also planning to have a static display aircraft, a a new Delta A350. We did it in 2019. It was a big hit with people. Uh, It gives a good selfie opportunity and you'd be able to see an aircraft up close and personal where you would otherwise only see it through the the window of the terminal.
3: So participants in the race will be able to go into the A350?
0: Not into, because that aircraft is actually planning to fly to Tokyo later that morning. Um, The airlines don't typically keep spare aircraft like that hanging around. They want to fly them as much as possible. Uh, But if anybody from 2019 has photos, we put it out in the end of a taxiway, light it up, um, we do fence it off because with it being a life flight, we can't risk any kind of um, tampering, even if someone, someone just touches it, the airline has to treat it as if it, something could have been compromised. That's just a normal safety routine for them.
3: And uh, you mentioned the LED armbands. So those are useful to be able to see all of the participants in, in case they wander off or, or what is useful about those?
0: Uh, We have not had anybody wander off Um, with 2,000 people. It makes a pretty nice line of the runners. Of course, we have the fast ones out front and then groups. But the lighted armbands, uh, they light up or flash. And I mean, 630 in the morning when the race starts, it is going to be well dark. The sun doesn't even rise until the race is over. And with that large area, it's dark. So they can see each other. We can see them. It's just a really good tool for us and we'd like to have it when available.
1: Um,
3: great. Um, and so what is the race route?
0: So the race route, um, it's a little bit difficult to describe, but if you're looking at an aerial of the photo, the fifth runway, runway ten to eight, that's on the south side of the airfield, the one that's the furthest away to the south. And it's gonna start just outside of fire station 33. Actually, the participants are gonna go into The fire station There's not a normal fire station. This one's for aircraft rescue and firefighting equipment. A pretty large area and some of the ARF trucks will be out there. They'll actually then go out onto a taxiway, which just a few hours earlier would have been active. And a few hours later, will be active again with aircraft. Have a big start line out there, have an ARF truck, the mayor can make her announcements and start the race. The runners will go Along long taxi we see our golf we call it to the west and this is a something unique about the event and i'm not a runner myself but i've been told that it's a very very flat race so that's something that runners seem to enjoy there's obviously we can't have a whole lot of hills or bumps or anything on the airfield so it's a very straight and flat route it really goes west they make a turn onto the runway itself go all the way down the runway to a taxiway called Sierra Gulf 16, and then head back over to the fire station. Now, if you've ever driven on 285 and gone under that very big bridge there and seen aircraft, that's where they'll actually be running over it. So they actually run over the 285 bridge on the runway and back across it on taxiway Sierra Gulf.
3: Um, And how long is the runway itself?
0: 9,000 feet, not our longest runway. Uh, but it is long enough for most aircraft. Our longest runway is 12,390 feet. Uh, That's for the really heavy 747-8A380 type aircraft, but this one is 9,000 feet long.
3: Why is this the runway chosen for this race?
0: So the reason we chose this runway is it is isolated from the rest of the airfield. Uh, Being it's at the south, we can keep um, everyone safe and distant from the active aircraft operations because there's just no way we could ever close this airport. Or, I mean, we close runways every night and we can only close two or three of them because we still need that much capacity for aircraft flights. And hampering people's flights and taking delays just isn't in our line of business. So we close 10 to 8, Uh, the parallel taxiways here at Gulf, is linear, it's pretty simple, and it's a well protected and just a, a good area to hold it. Plus it has good street access, it's not so busy. So passenger runners don't have to drive through the terminal area. Um, it's already congested as it is with how busy we are, but getting down there, it's a, a much quieter route. Um, they'll have buses taking most people because getting 2000 people in one place at one time is always gonna put a strain on the roads. So at the Georgia International Convention Center, there'll be consolidated parking, a few other areas, they can take a bus over to the event. And they're also supporting Uber and Lyft drop-off uh, near the event site.
3: Um, you know, I had assumed that uh, the race perhaps was just running back and forth along the runway itself, but I guess that, uh, that, that may not be ideal. How wide is the runway?
0: The runway is 150 feet wide. It's, uh, it's gonna look very wide when you're out there. It's uh, taxiways are a little less, actually the runway's even wider in many areas, but it's, it's a nice flat open surface and there's plenty of room on either side.
3: What, do, what else do the volunteers do other than uh, be stationed along the route?
0: So only about 20 of the volunteers are stationed along the route. Uh, there's also volunteers and about another 20 who help hand out water. Uh, there are two water stations every year um, at a third and two-thirds points along the race route to help people. I mean this is a 3.1 mile or 5k event so naturally water is going to be necessary at some point and then the bulk of the volunteers are actually within the fire station uh, handling handing out all of the promotional goods for people, the food, the drinks, setting up the stages, the awards handing those out, and then coordinating all of the transportation activity that it takes to get people to the event site, the registration, we could go on and on, but those are the people that are of huge assistance to us when putting on these events.
3: Where do the volunteers come from?
0: A lot of them come from within the DOA. If they're not normally working, they can come in. I guess this is gonna be a Saturday morning. Uh, a lot of us are getting here 10:30, 30, 11 o'clock PM the night before. And then most people are coming in two, three o'clock in the morning that morning. And it's actually open to a lot of people, but of course for the airfield portion, there's an extra level of security. So we like the people to have a certain level of CIDA or security identification display area credentials. And that could come from other groups who would have that like TSA apart you know, part of Homeland Security, other firefighters, police, people like that.
3: What kind of food and promotional materials will there be at the fire station?
0: I can't say exactly. I, again, I'm mostly concerned with the airfield, but I know that there's, every participant is gonna get a medal, and that's always uh, a really nice thing every year. I've made a point of making sure I have one from each event. Uh, the wristbands, I know there's a few sponsors for Fruit, snacks, drinks, um, soda, water, juice, all that kind of stuff. So it'll definitely be everyone's needs will be met there.
3: What is the mood like during the event?
0: Excited. Uh, that's the best I can say. It's exciting for us because we're under a lot of pressure to make sure that this goes safely and smoothly, efficiently and making sure that it's enjoyable for people. And it's our first year, we didn't know how it was gonna go. It went great. And we've done it every year with the exception exception of 2020 for obvious reasons and get a lot of turnout from repeat um, runners who wanna come out again. This is something that people would never really get to see unless they were directly involved in the airport. And even then we really don't want people out there unless we have a real job to do. So there's only a few airports in the country that do a 5k. I think it was Pittsburgh or Philadelphia might have one recently and our ability to do it uh, a full 5k in an area like this at the world's busiest airport is really unique people are going to get to see just running on the taxiway running on the runway seeing the signs the lights uh, the airfield environment out there it gives them a really good perspective for what makes an airport special and what really makes it safe which we can certainly uh, appreciate and we wanna share that. It's not just something you see out your window. This is something that people work on every day to make sure that their flight is safe.
3: Great. Um, what kind of people run the race? Do you have a sense of um, whether it's a lot of people who are involved with the airport or um, uh, mostly uh, runners who run in races all over the metro area? What's your sense?
0: As best as I can tell, it's just everyday runners and people who enjoy running and racing. They don't have to have any affiliation with the airport, really. They could have never been here uh, and they can come run this race. Of course, we see people who are AV geeks, as we call them, people who are involved in aviation who want to get out there, see this airport, but you don't have to know anything about it to come out here and run. But it certainly you can appreciate it if you if you are involved with the airport.
3: You mentioned that some people get to the airport the night before to start preparing. What time do you get to the airport uh, before the race?
0: I think I'll be getting here about 1 a.m. Pretty normal. Our night shift is busy that previous night, getting the runway closed, getting the lighted X's out there. That's to indicate to pilots that the runway is closed, shutting all the lights down, getting all the light plants out, just lots of preparatory work. Um, in the hours before the race.
3: What time does the runway close?
0: It'll probably be closing 11 p.m. or midnight, uh, six, seven hours prior to the race.
3: Is the fifth runway typically uh, used a lot during the early morning hours?
0: Well, that's a a good point because um, the reason we do it on a Saturday Saturday mornings, the flight times and schedules can change throughout the year. But Saturday morning is, I guess you could call it a slower time uh, until that first early morning arrival bank comes in, which is 8, 9, 10 o'clock. A lot of the stuff that has left early from other destinations is starting to arrive. That's just the time when we can actually spare a runway and not take delays.
3: What's the process to reopen the runway uh, once the sweep is completed?
0: Once the sweep is completed, we have one of our ops units. We always have one person in charge. There's no confusion. Open it over the radio. Make sure everyone's clear that it is now going to be open. No one else is going back out there. They talk directly to air traffic control tower. Open it up with them. They show it open. We cancel the notice to airmen, which tells all pilots uh, what the status of the runway is. Make sure the lighting signs, everything else is good to go. Landing instrumentation and then it's back to normal operations. This is something we do so many times per day, opening and closing runways, taxiways for construction and survey. It's just part of our normal everyday routine.
3: What kind of flights is the fifth runway typically used for at that time of day in particular?
0: That time of day, it's mostly arrivals from long haul, West Coast or stuff from the Northeast arrivals, uh, 10 to 8, the fifth runway is mostly an arrival runway. So while you're departing, you're probably taking off of eight right two six left or nine left two seven right. But 10 to eight is mostly set up for arrivals. If you're departing, taxiing down there, it can take a while, it's a ways off. So we mostly use it for arriving traffic.
3: Does the race affect flight schedules in any way for the day or is there any kind of shift of, of flights necessary?
0: It does not affect flight schedules, which is the very reason that we do it so early. Um, I understand maybe runners don't mind us so much, but we might prefer to do it in hours of daylight when we can see things better and people can get a better look at the airfield. But this is just the only time when we can have this type of event um, when it's not going to impact someone else's flight.
3: What about the uh, issue of FOD, um, foreign object debris or garbage left on the runway after the race?
0: Well, I see you're very familiar with uh, airports and airfields because FOD is always a concern for us, and that's something we battle every day. And to handle that, which is a specific concern for the FAA during our planning process, all of our volunteers are educated, and many of them work directly with the airfield. So they're already very well versed with FOD, you know, foreign object debris, just trash basically. Anything that could be a hazard to aircraft as small as a pebble. Um, but with 2,000 people, you know, sometimes people drop their wallet, drop their license, or we have all these cups from the water, all that stuff. Every bit of it has to get cleaned up.
3: So there are some pretty strict security rules for race participants. What are those rules and what's the reasoning for them?
0: So the rules are under 1542. That's just a section of standards for airport security. And that's something we operate under every day. That's the DOA security's purview, and we actually make an amendment to that plan. So we tell Homeland Security, here's our plan, very detailed, here's how we plan to do it. Uh, With their approval, we can then do that. Now we have uh, barricades, stanchions, a way to actually contain people, APD and DOA security have a large presence out here, and TSA is actually out here too to test those standards to make sure that the plan is within compliance and then it's actually working Uh, again for the last five years it has always gone really well for us and participants and anybody involved they all have to go through a security vetting process before they can come out work it volunteer or participate so there's like any security program there are different levels or layers to it
3: and I saw that there's also security screening and uh, for the race participants and restrictions on what they can bring in
1: ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
0: Yes, uh, those are detailed more in the registration as to exactly what it is that year. And everyone is screened prior to going into the event. And it's sort of like getting on an airplane uh, past the point of screening your are sterile I guess you could say and then you can go into the event and it is limited normally you'd want to take maybe more stuff with you but it is just a concern for everybody's safety.
3: What is it like being on the airfield in the early morning hours?
0: In the early morning you'll notice it's quiet much quieter than you might be somewhere else in Atlanta you're right in the middle of the city but you're on this big flat open area there's nothing around you except for pavement and grass. It's uh, pretty peaceful actually. Uh, it's dark because there is no lighting. We don't, actually don't want overhead lighting out there or anything shining onto the airfield because pilots need to have no distractions um, when they're landing. So everything is pointed away from the airfield. The only lights they're going to see are the runway taxi taxiway lights. Yeah.
3: What would you compare the uh, experience of being on the airfield like in the early morning to? Is there a, another kind of environment that it's similar to?
0: I'm thinking back to when I was in Los Angeles and working at LAX and Long Beach Airport. You're on the airfield out there. Again, you're in a you're in an urban area, but you're kind of on this this island and everything around you is busy and moving and you're just kind of standing in the middle of it on an island It's the best way I could describe it.
3: Um, I saw um, that uh, the requirements are that the race participants keep at least a 17-minute pace in order to get off uh, the runway in time by that 7:30 30 uh, point. Um, is that ever an issue or are there people that have been detoured from the race course or escorted off the runway in the past?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a a contingency that we built in since the first year uh, because of that time limit. Uh, Myself, I just call myself a slow runner, so I'd fall into that category. And keeping up a steady pace for 3.1 miles first thing in the morning is difficult for some people, or if they start the race a little bit later, have a slower pace. Uh, Not every person might be able to finish the full 5K, but they'll still be able to go on the taxiway and runway. What we do is we actually, at certain times, about 7.05 and 7.10 a.m., we shorten the race route uh, by detouring people onto two different taxiways, Sierra Gulf 14 and Sierra Gulf 12. And that takes uh, about one kilometer off of each section. And we also had plans in place every year where buses are available. If there's anybody who doesn't feel like going anymore or needs to drop out for any reason, or if the time limit is coming up, that they can be picked up at the back of the race and taken back to the fire station.
3: Um, What would you say are the benefits for the airport of hosting this race?
0: I'd say the benefits um, from my point of view is getting people some perspective on the other side of the airport, usually It's been said airports are, it's like a train or a tunnel. You just go through a series of tunnels. You go through into the building, through security, go on the train, through the terminal, down a jet bridge and into your airplane. All you're doing is just passing through corridors and you never really get to set foot out there or experience what it's like to have all these aircraft flying around. So it allows them where they wouldn't otherwise be able to go out in the airfield and see it from the other side, everybody else who works these flights every day, how, how we see it. We hardly ever see the passengers, honestly. We just see the big aircraft and everything else that it takes to make that happen.
3: And I saw that this is a uh, qualifier for the Peachtree Road Race as well, or the AJC Peachtree Road Race, I guess I should say. Um, and um, so how how does that affect the the planning for the race and? and the uh the timing of the runners
0: so the planning for the race is a little more involved as far as the accuracy of that route Uh, we come up with a race coordinator months in advance and very accurately detail where the start the finish are where certain waypoints are and then it's actually certified by that board as a qualifier plus they use the tagged time bibs so that every person uh time is started and stopped at the start line and finish line itself. It's not just one pack goes out. Whenever you cross the start line is when your time starts. And then all that is digitally displayed and recorded for everyone to view after the race.
3: Who are the VIPs this year?
0: Uh, Mayor Bottoms herself and select group. There's also gonna be a number of special guests. We don't really find out who exactly those are. Uh, until they confirm with everyone's busy schedules, but I know that our our marketing and communications departments are are busy getting that word out to people to increase the engagement and enrollment. And I, so far, our enrollment is looking pretty good. There's over 1,200 about participants enrolled at this time, and every year we come right up to 2,000. So I don't know if we've ever gone over. It's it is limited race. We don't we really can't have more than that many people out here. Okay,
3: so John, tell me. The fifth runway is has been called the most important runway in the world, why
0: is that? It could be called the, the most important runway in the world because of how important it is to this airport. And this airport is the busiest airport in the world as far as operations. And normally for a general year, the busiest as far as passengers, well over a hundred million. And the reason it's so important is because, because it can accommodate um, that number of flights in that short period of time. As you might know, Flights are not spread out evenly throughout the day. People want to fly at certain times. So we get a lot of flights at one times, and then it goes down to a few, and then a lot again. And having five runways is really important for accommodating that, especially in irregular operations. If there's snow or rain somewhere else, they might all come even more closely grouped together. And this airport in particular is laid out in a fashion which really promotes that. Some airports, I'm thinking of Denver, some in Texas, JFK. The runways cross, they intersect, they go in different directions. That's to accommodate wind. But here, we generally have an easterly or westerly wind. So all of our runways are straight in. That means we can get three arrival paths. That's three routes of aircraft arriving at one time. You're not going to see that at many other places. And the same for departures. We can have three departures going at the same time in normal weather. And that's really important. We cannot do that without this fifth runway. If it were any closer, it wouldn't be possible. So being where it is, how it's aligned is what can make it the most important.
3: Great. And how would you say that people react to the opportunity to be out on the runway for the race at that time of day and as dawn approaches?
0: Most people have only seen this stuff through the window of an aircraft or maybe never and things are very precise and unique out there. You're not gonna see this wide expanse of flat, smooth pavement. Uh, you're not gonna see the telltale signs of an aircraft having been on the runway. There are the markings, the lights. You're gonna see big rubber splatches out there from the aircraft actually touching down on arrival. And people are fascinated with it. There, we have just simple things. The signs, these are the signs you would only ever see on the airfield but there they are. And people love taking photos with them. We'll have the aircraft out there and going over the bridge, they are gonna be walking over uh, 285 itself. We actually have trouble getting people off the race route to get it opened in time because they wanna hang out. They wanna see the airfield. And then when the sun comes up in the east towards the end of the event, it makes it even more impressive.
3: John, thank you so much for your time and for sharing with us what it takes to get prepared for the 5K on the Fifth Runway. We really appreciate your time.
0: Absolutely. I'll be out there October 16th.
3: So now we're speaking with Mark Davison, who is a runner who will be running the 5K on the Fifth Runway. And I'm really excited to hear about, Mark, what attracted you to the idea of running a 5K on an airport runway?
4: Well, it's, uh, it's a unique experience. And in truth, I wanted to do it some years ago, I have two sons that are also runners, and all three of us were set to run it because it was before the pandemic. And it turned out they ran it and I had a conflict I had to be out of town, so I couldn't run it and since then I wanted to run the next one I don't think it was held last year. But this year it's on, as you know, so I asked my two sons, who are 27 and 30 you know do they want to run it with me they're like yes, but then when they checked their calendars they were like well we have conflicts. So they're not running it and I'm running it this time. So it'll be my first time running it. And you know, as as we talked about, just running a race on an airport runway is something unique. And this is of course on the fifth runway at the airport. And I uh, understand I've not done it, but I understand the race goes out, runs around, and comes back. And so being out there on the runway at the airport in an area where people typically aren't um, and running the race with all those other folks should be a great experience.
3: Um, and do you live in Metro Atlanta?
4: I live in East Cobb.
3: Great. Um, and um, you've—I uh, understand you're a longtime runner. What other races have you done in the past? I am a
4: longtime runner and also a member of the track club, which I know is has uh, just been to some of these races. Longtime member. I've run many Peachtree Road races. I've uh, done a couple of marathons, a lot of half marathons, and um, a lot of shorter races, all for fun. I'm not a competitive runner. They call it, I think, a consistent runner. So um, consistently running several days per week and really just in the track club runs and other runs for fun, just like this one.
3: Have you ever walked or run or stood on an airport runway before?
4: I have, um, but not um, like it's gonna be on the race. And I, my caveat here is this, Kelly, which is that you know when I was a kid and I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania, we had to walk out on the runway and up the stairs to the airplane. So that, so when you ask that question, that's the first thing I thought of, right? We don't do that anymore, typically. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I can think of some airports in other countries where still they do that. They don't have jet waves. And then um, I'm, a De- I'm a Delta frequent flyer. So I was fortunate one time to be um, on the runway and picked up uh, by Delta to be taken to another gate. So, you know, just minor things, uh, nothing like this, though.
3: Yes. Um. Yeah, being out on the tarmac is is, is certainly uh, certainly interesting and also rare. Um, the runway itself is a is a bit more um, I guess unique in that uh, you know you you have the, the lights along the runway um, and those um, lit X signs at the end and so um, that'll be very different. Um. And uh, have your sons told you about what it's like to run the five k on the fifth runway?
4: They did. Um, they said it's very interesting. It's like you said, you know, you're out there where people don't usually go. All those lights, as you mentioned, and markings. Um, and you can look across and it's a view of the airport and the other runways and airplanes you don't typically have, right? Cause you're not, you're in the terminal mostly. And so uh, they said that they're like, dad, it's very cool. You'll have a great time. I'm okay.
3: Great. Um, have you seen the fifth runway from the plane before? Are you familiar with which runway it is?
4: I am. I, I, I would. I'm not sure. You know how many times, but I'm certain I've landed on that fifth runway numerous times. You can usually tell because it's the longest taxi. You know, from the terminal, um, either coming or going. But yeah, it's it's pretty far out there.
3: Great. Do you think that running this race will affect? how you look at the runway from the sky in the future?
4: It probably will. I had not thought about that. It's a good question. Um, It probably will because I could see myself being up there in a plane and, you know, kind of looking down and saying, you know, I ran down there, you know, it's it's some of those things. And there's a lot of that, you know, for, for runners and probably for athletes of all different sports, right? The sense of accomplishment that, yeah, I did
3: that. And they say that this 5K on the fifth runway is the flattest course in Metro Atlanta. From a runner's perspective, is that good or bad?
4: Well, um, first of all, I guess I would believe that having run all over Atlanta, it is hilly, as you probably know. And uh, I think that's pros and cons, you know, I, I, I like both. Um, you, could, you could, I think there's arguments about, you know, is it better to run on a flat surface for longer periods of time or have the variety of ups and downs from a body or a muscular standpoint, or just from an, an enjoyment standpoint, I think in this case, you know, you're. We'll probably all be looking all around us, right, at uh, at what's going on in the airport and other runners, and you know, just thinking of you know how long it is that you can see to the other end of the runway. I think it's going to be pretty remarkable. So in this case, flat, I think will be will be interesting. It'll be good, but it'll be very
3: interesting. Great. Um, do you think there's any special preparation you would want to do for this particular race?
4: Well, you know, for for a short race like this, um, not nothing special. Be well hydrated. You know, usually have some kind of a light something to eat beforehand. Um, but you know, it's it's a five k, so it's three miles. It's not shouldn't be super killer for most folks. Some folks will probably walk it. For longer races, you know, I think a lot of folks. They, they prepare their hydration they probably eat certain foods before they run they may use um, goose and other things during those races for a short race, like this, probably won't, we won't see too much of that.
3: You know, and in fact, um, I was reading the rules for this race, and there are some very unusual restrictions. Um, So there's security vetting, for one thing, um, of each runner. um, And there are also restrictions on what you can bring into the race. And so um, the uh, instructions say that Um, you're allowed a clear plastic bag no longer than one quart size um, for your ID and keys and all items carried into the airport must fit into that clear pouch that they'll provide to you Um, and um, let's see I think there's also some restrictions, it says um, only fanny packs will be allowed. All other bags are strictly prohibited. No outside water or water bottles or camelbacks will be allowed. Um, they provide water um, uh, to race participants in cups. Um, and so um, I was kind of curious about uh, whether any other races have those kinds of restrictions, how that compares to to other races that you've run.
4: So those restrictions are a little bit imposing, probably because it is at the airport, right? I do remember the one about you have to have your ID because we are going through security, not through the airport, but at the, there's another entrance, I understand, um, to the fifth runway down by the fire station south of the airport. Um, but, but mostly in other races, uh, y- you check in, you get your number, you get your race bag, let's say. Um, they, don't o- they don't always ask for ID, sometimes they do. Um, But a lot of races do provide water and hydration. Um, You don't have to bring your own that kind of thing. So this one probably, as you sort of implied in in your question, there's a little more enhanced security here because it is at the airport.
3: Um, And, you know, uh, another. Uh, interesting thing about this race, uh, perhaps, is that it's uh, set up to be complete before they reopen the runway for morning traffic uh, for uh, flights arriving on that runway. Um, at around the 8 a.m. mark. And so there's kind of a strict deadline of uh, finishing the race by 7.30 a.m., which means that uh, the race is, uh, is pretty much complete before the sun rises. Um, and I was wondering if you have any uh, special, I guess, thoughts or concerns about, um, about that kind of unique uh, circumstance and environment of this race.
4: But I think it's, uh, it's interesting I'm glad you said eight o'clock because I, I thought I read where we had to be off the runway by 7.30. And I didn't see when the first plane would land, but I had this vision of, you know, the last person coming off the runway and like they're off in a minute later, the, the, next, the first plane comes in. But I guess that there should be a gap, right?
3: And uh, uh, you mentioned that you've run the AJC Peachtree Road Race before. Um, and um, I understand this is a qualifying course. And so I was wondering if that was a factor to you.
4: Um, it's not that much of a factor. I I ran the Peace Tree last year and um, I'll I'll do some other 10 Ks. But I think for a lot of people, it probably is a factor Um, because it's flat. People can get a good time, right? Um, That'll help them qualify for a a good starting position with the road race when it comes around in July.
3: Good point. Um, Have you mentioned to your friends that you were planning to run this race on a runway? And, And if you have, what do they say?
4: I have. Um, I mentioned some of my work colleagues, because, you know, when you're working with folks, sometimes conversation comes up, what are you guys doing this weekend, you know, and so forth. And so this is kind of unique. So I pointed it out and I got raised eyebrows. I got like, you know, some comments, didn't know they did that. Or, you know, boy, that should be pretty interesting. And I think, yeah, I think it is something unique. And I, I really think, you know, it's I know it's the city of Atlanta's behind it as well. And I just think it's a great idea. And uh, it's raising money for a good cause as well. So um, yeah, that was the reaction. Of course, I shared that with my colleagues. Um, but they were pretty impressed that I would be out there running on an actual runway at the Atlanta airport. Because pretty much everybody's passed through the Atlanta airport on some flight going somewhere or you know to somewhere.
3: Um, do you think that the, uh, the running surface will be any different from what you're used to?
4: Mm, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it, but I'm I'm assuming you know we've all kind of seen the runways. I assume it's just concrete, but um, should be okay. You know, mo- most of the most of the places where people run in Atlanta are either going to be like a paved path or concrete or gravel trails for the most part. So concrete, you know, concrete's okay with me. It can be a little hard sometimes, but should be fine.
3: One of the other uh, security measures is that uh, spectators are not allowed for this race. And I was wondering if that's unusual and um, and I guess what you think about that particular measure.
4: You know, it is something that's different about this race. You mentioned about the Peachtree Road Race and that, you know, it gets a lot of spectators usually. It's not a big deal for me, but um, you know, like if you, if you have family in town and they wanted to watch you run, although it is kind of early for a family to get up and go watch you run. It, that could be that could be a, you know a challenge for some folks, but not not a big deal for me personally.
3: So, do you think that um, you'll try to document this experience in any way?
4: <laughs> I usually take some selfies to, to tell you the truth, Kelly, at the at the starting line and at the finish line. Uh, I'm not a big uh, I don't do a GoPro or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I, I probably will have a picture or two that I'll take just to you know, um, create the, the visual record, you know, quote unquote, that I was there besides just, you know, the time of doing it. Yeah. The,
3: uh, the race number pickup looks like it starts pretty early at 4am. How does that compare to other races that you've done?
4: That is pretty early. Um, and I, I have to admit Kelly, I won't be there at 4am, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, that is pretty early. Most of them start, you know, an hour to an hour and a half beforehand. So there's plenty of time, You know, and uh, I I know this, I don't think this race is being run by the track club, but the track club has this down to a science, you know, and how you pick up your number is usually very efficient. So I'm sure it'll be the same thing um, to get the number and pin it on and, and off you go.
3: Uh, another one of the requirements of this race is that uh, you're required to run at least a 17-minute pace in order to get off the runway by 7.30 a.m. Um, and those that don't finish, according to the rules, will be detoured or escorted off the course, with no exceptions, according to the airport. I was wondering if you think that deadline uh, is a factor at all for, for you or, or whether whether it might be for other runners.
4: Well, i was afraid you were going to ask me about my pace kelly so I'm, I, I guess i'll come clean on that but not for me i, I usually run about a 10 minute per mile pace you know they, they say that about 20 minutes per mile is walking so um if you figure I'm not, i don't on this is anecdotal i don't have scientific evidence but if you figure 17 you know minutes per mile that's a little bit faster that's a good good walk right so somebody should be able to do it in, in a pretty good you know paced walk which should be enough time for most folks to get done. I'm always amazed though, frankly, on the other end of the scale, Kelly, how fast some people are. You know, I've been running a long time and I'm a little older, so I'm not the super fast guy, you know, that's out there. But some folks will run, you know, a six or maybe even a five minute mile. They'll be done in a heartbeat. seems like a heartbeat, Kelly. I know it's not that, but you know, for me, I'm not the fastest runner in the pack. I'm not usually at the head of the pack. I'm in the middle somewhere. So there's nothing, You know is amazing as to look out as you begin a race and you see the people in the race expanding in front of you and it's that that sea of colors and and bodies that becomes that amazing field of people running the race and that there's always just something cool about being in that group and being part of that that uh, that group that's running that race and getting that sense of accomplishment
3: Um, One of the other interesting things about this race is that the awards will be given at an airport fire station. There's multiple fire stations at the airport, and and it'll be at fire station number 33. Um, What do you think that will be like?
4: Well, it could be interesting. I I think that's also, isn't that the one, I think it's where you go into, it's where the gate is where you go in, so it's right right near there. I would imagine uh, it'll be a pretty good group, and some folks that have really excelled at running at the race in their age groups will get some pretty cool awards and uh, i usually do stay for the award ceremony and uh, see who gets the awards it's always kind of interesting to see who who would, uh, you know qualify for the awards and who gets them
3: anything any other thoughts that you that you might have about this race and um and what it'll be like that we've missed
4: you've asked me some great questions i, I think it would just add this that you know, the whole purpose of this for me is to have fun, right? And uh, you, early on, one of your questions, you you sort of asked about that, and I didn't really respond, I don't think. But you know, doing these kinds of things should be fun. People should get out and enjoy them. Um, it does help you stay fit, and it, it is part of something that you can look back and say, "Gee, I did that." But at the bottom of it, everybody should have a great time, and for me, that's that's really what it's all about. And I look forward to it. I think it's a great idea. I really think it's great for the city and all the sponsors to participate in it and have this so that folks like me can get out there and, and do the run at the airport.
3: Great. Well, thanks so much for, for your time um, and your help, Mark. Um, it was really interesting to to hear your thoughts on this and um, and what motivates you. So thanks so much.
4: You're welcome. And thanks for including me in the podcast.
3: Absolutely.
2: Gear up and get into the Halloween spirit with a variety of activities that allow families, adults, and pets to participate in fun-filled events. Comfort is paramount so participants of all ages can opt to engage in virtual, drive-through, and or in-person events. The AJC has a look at 10 metro Atlanta locales that will celebrate this delightfully devious holiday with pumpkin carving, costume contests, heaps of treats, and free food at a museum, rooftop, activity center, restaurants and more. For a ghoulishly good time, be sure to add the events to your calendar and RSVP early where applicable to ensure entry. Check out the story on AJC.com. Spend 24 hours at a traditional Korean bathhouse to indulge in saunas, dip in a jacuzzi, get a body shampoo or detox down there with a hip bath. There's a salon just for men to get haircuts. Try something different like non-invasive salt therapy, which can help reduce stress and detoxify the body. Seasonal changes call for a different kind of skin treatment. And to help prepare your mind and body for chilly fall weather or beat winter blues, opt for body scrubs, massages, or sweat therapy. Find all of our suggestions on AJC.com. Tony Award-winning Marietta native Shuler Hensley's upcoming appearance in the Broadway revival of The Music Man isn't the only new role on his horizon. This week, he has also been named Artistic Director of City Springs Theater in Sandy Springs, where he has served as its Associate Artistic Director since the company's founding in 2017. Read our interview with Hensley and the company's Executive Director, Natalie Delancey, on AJC.com. And don't miss our concert galleries as tours ramp back up this fall. In the past week, we've had photos from the Monkees' Farewell Tour, Pitbull and Iggy Azalea at Ameris Bank Amphitheater, and the One Music Festival in Centennial Olympic Park. They're all on AJC.com. And to get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to our e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guinn. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.
1: Ocean Breeze. Tropical beach. Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet